This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I am Sydney Lyerly. And our energy is still high. We still have We still have got this. We we will be able to record this episode with so much hype and energy you won't even acknowledge it. What 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 what? what? If it dies down, we're going to do some Norwegian chanting. <laughs> it might be some strange energy. Yes. Because I am tired (laughs) i have been up for way too long today well sydney i have a question for you yes this week which has been a week for them and been two hours for us (laughs) this week what are they what are they reading you guys had to read 58 59 and 60 sweet make sure you came with those chapters read if you hadn't i will just punish you severely oh um and uh that's not how this normally works i know i I did it backwards it kind (laughs) of me. let me rephrase so make sure you have those read feel free to pause and get those read and come back later uh city what should they read next week next week make sure you read chapter 61 62 63 64 65 and 66 a long one next week yeah so 61 through 66 make sure you have those read all of those chapters are only of moderate length, actually. They're not actually all that long. Yeah. So just make sure you have those read when you come next week. We would really appreciate that. Absolutely, we would. All right. You ready to get into it? I am so ready. I was born ready. She was born ready. I saw her. Um, She's five months older than me. So I was just like a preemptive little sit- I was, site. I'm one month older than you. What do you Sorry, mean? Sorry, she's one month older than me. So it was kind of like a preemptive little site. You couldn't site. even do that right. I can't do most things right. And I, <laughs> I'd appreciate it if you didn't bring that up again. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was pretty that was pretty terrible that, that was, was oh, so boy. it also sounded pretty rude uh, <laughs> like pretty heartbreaking i can't do most things right <laughs> i know okay i get to start this week you do with chapter 58 which is titled the journey the little death rattle before it says reese shapir the midnight mother giving birth to abominations with her essence so dark so terrible so consuming she she's is here. here she, she watches, watches me die, die. <laughs> we didn't have that planned, but I thought it would be funny. It sounded pretty cool. I, I thought it did, yes. Dated Sheshevev, eleven seventy-three, eight seconds pre-death. Subject: a dark-eyed doc, a dark-eyed dock worker, uh, in his forties. Father of three. Aww. That's sad. Colin and I have reread this death rattle three times today because so, we read it this chapter together, and th- <laughs> twice we reread it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's pretty sad. We read this chapter together because we were just going to read with mics going to see if we had any conversations. And I <laughs> accidentally had a robot voice effect <laughs> turned on. And so the whole project was scrapped and thrown in the garbage. It was just unfortunate because we had two of our coworkers and classmates came in and they were trying. I read them like a paragraph out of the book and yeah. they were trying to guess what the book was about. And it was actually very funny. And so I was a little bit sad we didn't get to kick that audio. And it sounds impossible to understand. <laughs> yeah. So sorry about that, listener. Um, but where we are now, we are in chapter 58. It's an Adeline chapter. Um, and Adeline, sorry, not Adeline. What am I doing? Um, <laughs> You're becoming me. I'm becoming you. Adolin is sitting with a bunch of his friends, several friends who are all named and will be let, ranked later on. But for now, we're going to ignore. Um, they're talking about it. They, his friends... He's with his Donlan, the woman he likes, and two other couples. Yep. And the other couples are just talking about how terrible his dad is. And Adolin keeps kind of defending his dad and getting all... Go, Adolin! woo yeah. 
Adolin uh, also is the most judgy jerk here. He... Um, he like he he describes this one woman as like terrible and ugly like several times and also quite annoying the way she laughs and Aelin's just kind of mean and judgy in his brain. Yeah, he kind of is. Colin, when we were reading, goes, he's kind of low key, just like a queen here. Yeah, <laughs> he's so judgy of their outfits and stuff. He's <laughs> he's a very fashionable dude. He is, or he he thinks fashionably. He's not allowed to wear fashion because of his dad. But yeah, um. Anyway, he is, uh, you know, doing his job. He's yeah. he's sitting there talking to friends. They're from other war camps, and they're judging Kaladin, which uh, judging Dalinar. Sorry, which he isn't a fan of. Um, he's also drinking a glass of yellow, which is a slightly intoxicating wine. Orange is unintoxicating. Yellow is slightly intoxicating. Um, and he's drinking that because later on today he has a duel. He does have a duel. Yeah, and so he is uh fighting because someone insulted his dad, so he's fighting their warrior to try and like preserve his father's honor it's way enough yeah cool um and so he is he's doing it and then he leaves his friends and he's walking and he's thinking about his father and the way that his father makes him always wear the uniform and doesn't let him be fashionable and he he's walking to like the markets that are patrolled and like taken care of by his dad and he looks back and thinks like let's let me try for the first time to actually like put into account what my dad is saying i see let me see if i can see value in this yeah and um when he was looking around, he realized I can make out my soldiers and they look put together and they look good. And like everybody else looks so sloppy and like they look n- nice and fashionable, but not like soldiers at war. This yes. looks like a this looks like a like a fun town and not a, a war camp in the middle of a war. Yep. And so he kind of starts to like grasp why his dad thinks the leader should wear um the nice outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Um he he yeah he's talking he also one thing we noticed that I thought was funny he thinks I will make this relationship with Dan Lan last and yeah. the main reason he thinks why he's gonna do that is because she's pretty not a good reason there should be more than that yeah uh-huh. that's great if you think your partner's pretty I mean hey, you should think your partner is yes. pretty and attractive but... relationship advice with Colton and Cindy oh boy you should think your partner is attractive yes that should be one of many reasons you like them yes if that is your only reason you like them. We've caused some problems. Yes. Yeah. That seems like, yes. <laughs> Not great. Yeah, don't do not do that. Um. Anyway, Adolin uh, talks about the codes and stuff. He thinks about it. And then it switches. Uh, perspectives. Yes. And now it is uh, Dalinar, Elokar, and Sadius yep. are sitting together at the dueling grounds watching duels because Elokar freaking loves watching duels. Also, Elokar... I mean- Fair enough. I feel like that would be kind of fun. Yeah, it would be fun. Elokar is wearing his full sharp blade, which he is doing more and more often recently, trying to because he's scared of scared of being killed. Yeah. Um, and he uh, also is. They're listening to the Way of Kings. Dalinar is reciting for them the Way of Kings. I was right. I just would like to say that I was <laughs> right that Sadius was going to start listening to the Way of Kings. Yeah. That's all. I just would like to say that. Tally one for me for good good theory. Okay. There people out there, give me one point. <laughs> it's hard though, because I can't yell, you're wrong when we discover a wrong thing. Because mm-hmm. rarely is a theory disproven in one moment. I know. So if ever you're wrong and I say tally one for Sydney being wrong, <laughs> that confirms that it's never right later. And so I can't ever do that. <laughs> and so if 
listener, you have to do it on your own with your own knowledge of the books. You can't listen to us say with Natalie because they'll all be for correct because Sydney always tells you when she was correct. <laughs> no, I don't. I know. I'm being silly. What do you mean? Um, just occasionally. Just occasionally. <laughs> um, but they're talking about the time that uh, the Noah Don walked, which is the guy who grew up with the Way of Kings, walked from one city to another, from Abba Mabar, Abba Mabar, yeah, to uh, Urethiru. And yeah. uh, essentially, like, the reasoning behind it, what it helps with the leadership, how it like f- fulfills his mottos with life. And also, one thing I think is interesting is the guy says, if a beggar can do this, why don't, won't my guards think I can? Do yeah. they think I'm less capable than a beggar? And I'm the king. I should be able to do what they do. Like, if I'm going to make laws about begging practice, I should be able to walk in the shoes of a beggar for yeah. a little bit. So that, I really do think that's a good leadership uh, ideal. You know? I agree. Yeah, for sure. And the, and they're just talk about the way of kings for a little bit. And they kind of uh, go on forward past that to the dueling time about to start happening. Yeah. Um, But there's one thing. When does when does Elokar say his dramatic moment in his like in being scared about death? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um I think it's after the uh it's after the the duel, I think. Oh, uh, probably. I think maybe. Okay. And so they talk about the takeaways. Basically, destination, path, the journey is as important as destination, like the life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. They kind of like talk about the like uh, reasoning behind those three statements, which is pretty interesting. Yes. Um, it's kind of a long conversation. It's a really good one. You should read it. Anyway, Elokar likes the sun because Sadius wants to get a, a cover and Elokar's like, I spend too much time like hiding in my building. And I think that's pretty cute. Basically, Elokar keeps hopping in with like one little complaint or sentence and then moving on to the next one. And it's kind of sweet if you think about him as a little kid. Thinking of him as an adult makes it kind of embarrassing. But if you think about Elokar as a little kid, it's kind of sweet. Um, which is true. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, Elikar is kind of a child. <laughs> um, also, Sadius is kind of in- insulting uh, Dalinar, but in kind of a friendly, funly, friendly way, you know. Yeah. And one thing that happens is there's a little interaction. Sadius says the other high princes think you are self righteous. Surely you can see why. I. What could he say? I don't mean to be. Well, you you do provoke them. Take, for example, the way you refuse to rise to their arguments or insults. And then Dalinar says this, protesting simply draws attention to the issue. The finest defense of character is correct action. Acquaint yourself with virtue and you can expect proper treatment for, from those around you. And uh, Sadie's like, you see that? No one talks like that. And Elokar immediately jumps in with Dalinar does, which is also kind of cute. And he says, my father used to. It's also kind of cute. Yes. I am not a big fan of Elokar, but in this moment, he was he's actually been okay. Like, I don't dislike him right now. Um, Yeah, because he's, he's Sadius and Elokar both are pretty decent here. Yes. There's kind of weird people. Yes. Elokar's still kind of a whiny baby, but not terrible. No, not terrible. Anyway. And he kind of has a right to be now because we know that for sure that he was, like, his life was threatened. So he kind yeah. of has a right to be a whiny baby. Yeah. But me. Maybe not that much. Maybe not that much. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but you're king. What did you really expect? Yeah. Dalinar sees down on the court uh, as a kind of a bookkeeper. Navani has arrived and Dalinar is uncomfortable. Doesn't know if he should look at her or not look at her. He finds yeah. her gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then soon after, Sadius has a similar issue. 
um, <laughs> Mr. Vama arrives and he's wearing an atrocious outfit. It's bad. It's like, bad. Red and orange. Not Ew. even. A, this is what Sidious says. Red and orange and not even a burnt orange, but a blatant eye-breaking orange. And the rent style hasn't been fashionable for ages. Ah, wonderful. He's sitting directly across from us. I shall be forced to stare at him for the rest of the session. That's so dramatic for Love no Sadius. <laughs> Love Sadius in this moment. Um, and then they keep talking. And eventually uh, the shard pay, the shard battle happens, which is Adolin versus the like war soldier representing the other high prince. Yes. They both have uh, shard blades. Yes. And plate. And plate. Yes. So they, they go, start, they do a little battle. And the way the battle works, like the system works here is the first person to break a piece of the other person's plate. Yeah. Wins. Yep. Um, and the guy named Ressi is the other attacker. Ressi uh, does something called Stone Stance, and Adolin does something called Wind Stance. Yeah. And they fight, and I'm not going to go through the gruesome details. Adolin destroys this fool. No problem, absolutely. Oh, super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Yeah, barely an inconvenience. Um, Basically, also, uh, Dalinar thinks about the fact that Adolin could easily be like a higher-ranking duelist. Yeah. If they weren't at war. And like Dalinar is like, I wish we weren't at war so he could do that. Yeah. And both his companions are like, just let him do it at war. Everybody else does it at war. Let him compete and be good at it. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Adolin also doesn't duel for ranking. Like that's yeah. not his, that's not why he does it. And so he's underestimated a lot, which is part of the reason he's so good is because they underestimate him. Yes. Yeah. They think that he's not ranked super high. I can beat him. Yeah. Dalinar also says they he he implies that he said uh, he should compete and Dalinar said I wish there was peace so he could and they're like Sadie's like you're not saying you would flee again are you Dalinar and eventually through prodding Dalinar says this which is really ball, baller because the king is like you wouldn't leave would you ki- would you Dalinar now that we've explained it you wouldn't leave and Dalinar says I would leave but not because I wish to flee or because I fear battle it would be because I fear for Elethkar's stability. Leaving this war would help secure our homeland and the loyalty of the High Princes. I would send more envoys and scholars to find out why the Parshendi killed Gavilar. We gave up on that too easily. I still wonder if the assassination was intended to be a, a mis- initiated by a miscreant or rebels among their own people. I discover what their culture is, and yes, they do have one. If rebels weren't the cause of the assassination, I'd keep asking until I learned why they did it. I demand repayment. Perhaps their own king delivered to us for execution in turn, in exchange for granting them peace. As for the gem hearts, I speak with my scientists and discover a better method of holding this territory. Perhaps with mass homesteading of the area, securing all of the unclaimed hills, we could truly expand our borders and claim the Shatter Plains. I wouldn't abandon vengeance, Your Majesty, but I would approach it and our war here more thoughtfully. Right now, we know too little to be effective. I felt like <laughs> we're reading so fast. I nailed it though. <laughs> when you were literally flying, I was like, "What are you talking?" About? I'm pretty proud of myself for being able to go that fast. To be honest, <laughs> all the listeners are going to be so confused because you were like speed reading. Well, they know what I said. I said it clearly enough. <laughs> I thought I felt like I was doing good. Uh, you were. It's just you were reading <laughs> so fast. I am. Uh, yeah, I talk fast. I'm sorry. Uh, that's so funny. Oh. Um. Elicar is like, oh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Why didn't you just say that ages ago? And really? Yeah. Come on. Um, anyway, Sadius is then offended. You're not considering this, are you? And um, there's hmm, there's a sentence here. 
that Elokar says about why he might be considering leaving? I can read it. Yeah, read like the, the whole, whole paragraph. paragraph. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, Elokar says, he says, they're trying to kill me. They'll see me dead like my father. Sometimes I do wonder if we're chasing after the ten fools here. The assassin in white, he was Shin. And then Sadia says, the Parshani took responsibility for sending him. And then Alakar says this. He goes, yes, and yet they are savages and easily manipulated. It will be a perfect distraction, pinning the blame on a group of Parshmen. We go to war for years and years, never noticing the real villains, working quietly in my own camp. They watch me, always, waiting. I see their faces in mirrors, symbols, twisted, inhuman. I see their faces. They are symbols, twisted, inhuman. Mm-hmm. Does that sound similar to mm-hmm. any other any other entities we have seen so far? Mm-hmm. Shalom. We need your help. Things you see with twisted symbol heads. Yeah. Hmm. Shalom. So we need you. So it seems Elakars happens to be seeing whatever Shalon was seeing. We don't really know exactly what Shalon was seeing yeah. yet, but it was something. Yeah. And Elakar seems to be seeing the same thing. Yep. But he sees it in mirrors, he says. Where Shalon saw them in, like she would draw them and they'd, yeah. they'd appear. Yeah. So a little bit different, a little bit strange, but still yeah. interesting. It is interesting. Um. Anyway, they keep talking, essentially. Yeah. Pretty and much. they don't talk about anything super important, except Dalinar agrees to let his army that approaches second try regular bridges with bridge runners, mm. uh, but only if. If the sh- if the Parshendi start firing on them, everyone turns around and retreats. Only yeah. if Sadius can control enough of the the uh, place to be unshoot like to ma- distract them enough that they won't shoot at the bridges. Yeah, will Dalinar consider using them? Dalinar, yeah, Dalinar doesn't want to like do this and then risk people dying, which well, I appreciate him for. When they're talking about uh, using the bridges, Dalinar says the waste of life, and Sadius mm-hmm. says is acceptable. They're mostly slaves, Dalinar. It's an honor for them to be have the chance Ugh. to participate participate in some way. This is why I don't like Sidious. Every time we Sidious thought we were cool, man. Every time Sidious tries to make himself better, he yeah. says something like this, and I'm like, dude, why? Yeah, that, that's still a human life. I Absolutely. don't care if they're slaves. That's still a human life. Yeah, and I appreciate Dalinar for caring about it, but I hate you. For not. Yes, exactly. I'm angry. I know you are. That's all. <laughs> chapter, the chapter ends with Sadius asking for Dalinar to send him a copy of the book so he can read the rest of the book. So that's cute. Yes. And then it ends. Also, I was right. You were right. That's all. Good job. Thank you. Proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I hate that. Follow-up questions. What's with those freaking symbol heads, man? What did you just say? What's with the freaking symbol head, man? <laughs> That's, I don't know what I heard, but it wasn't that. Um, well, let's see. I think they haunt those who have scary past. Seems that way. That's a good connection. Um, Seen important death. Have, yeah, dead, well, have dead fathers. Honestly, <laughs> maybe. I do think it's something along those lines. Because both Shalon and Elokar have similar, like, situations in that way yeah that they're there something happened to their dad yeah dead dad um and they don't really well shalon we don't know whether she knows what happened to her dad but yes um so i think it's something related to that some kind of like past yes like issue trauma something like that absolutely it's my thoughts okay good yeah. good thoughts love thank it thank you moving on your chapter next maybe there's sleep paralysis demons Ooh. except when you're awake 
awaken paralysis demons? Just call them demons. <laughs> At that point, there's demons. <laughs> okay, anyways, my chapter, chapter 59, which is titled An In Honor. Honor. We didn't plan that. <laughs> and the death rattle says, Above the final void I hang, friends behind, friends before. The, the feast, feast I, I must drink clings, clings to their, their faces. faces. And the, <laughs> the words I must speak sparks in my mind. mind. The, the old oaths will be spoken anew. Dated Batahanan. We like when we do that. Let's do it. Dated. Dated. <laughs> Bated Bahanan. 1173. 45 seconds pre-death. Subject, a light-eyed child of five years. Diction improved remarkably when given sample. We really do sound like a cult. <laughs> what a weird chant we have. What a weird cult chant. What happens? Yeah. Okay, so this is a, a Kaladin chapter. And Kaladin is staring at uh, three topaz spheres on the ground in front of him. Um, Teft is with him and Lopin's like standing guard kind of in the doorway. Apparently topaz is brown. I never can picture topaz. I don't know what topaz looks like. Topaz in my brain is green. <laughs> you you keep going. I'm going to look what topaz looks like. I guess that makes sense. Um. But Kaladin basically is trying to get the stormlight into from the spheres into him, and he's failing miserably. Like he's not not being able to do it. He can't figure it out. He's frustrated. Teft is also slightly frustrated. Uh, they're not really sure. Kaladin's like kind of brown. It's like, it's a, like a orange, yeah, orange is yellowish. Yeah, color. brown yeah. light makes sense from that. It does um, but does how'd you say it like that? It does. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> It does. Don't make fun of me. Why'd you say it like that? Let me continue my chapter. Okay. 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 Um, but Kaladin is basically like, well, as soon as I accept this thing is happening, now I can't do it. And he's like frustrated. Uh, <laughs> Dev is fr- <laughs> I just jiggled my belly and Sydney's now laughing because I just jiggled my belly. <laughs> what did happen? I thought you were distracted <laughs> and I was thinking about my belly and how I'm going to get rid of it. And I, I jiggled it. Up. And now I'm embarrassed because he laughed at me. <laughs> I tried not to, but I couldn't hold it in. Sorry. It's okay. Um, but Teft is basically like, because Kaladin thinks it's it maybe was maybe just a trick of the sunlight. And, yeah. And Teft's like, that wasn't the trick of the sunlight. Didn't make the thing stick to the other thing. Other thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember what they were. Trick of the <laughs> I think I killed Colin. That's a good one. <laughs> that was an accident. It was funny though. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. But thank you. Um and then Teft is like, and when you were wounded and when you needed extra like strength and on a bridge run and that kind of thing. Yeah. And Kaladin's like, well, if these radiants you keep talking about can do all this, why can't I do any of these things? Like I've been staring uh, spending a whole week staring at Spears, Teft. This is not yeah. working. And um Calden is just very, very frustrated, and they're trying to figure out what is going on and what's happening with their Calden's a radiant or how he becomes a radiant or what he is. Like they just, they don't know. And the Calden's frustrated, and Teft is also, I think, frustrated. Yeah. And yeah, Sill doesn't really isn't helpful either. And Lopin's um, just chilling. Lopin's just we love hanging Lopin. out. Yeah, Lopin's always just kind of hanging. He's a great yeah, guy. Yeah, he's he's so incredibly chill. Um, but they're talking Gancho. about this. Yes. I'm Lopin Ganjo. And Tef says something that's actually very insightful. Yeah. Tef says, life before death. The Radiant seeks to defend life always. He never kills unnecessarily and never risks his own life for frivolous reasons. Living is harder than dying. Yeah. Which is very insightful. Good job, Tef. It is. It's very. Living is harder than dying. I recognize that idea from somewhere. I don't remember where it is. 
but I really do recognize that concept from like oh, a movie or a TV. Hamilton. Oh, that's where it's from. That's exactly what's in my because, brain. Because um, Washington and Hamilton says that um, death is easy, like easier, and living is harder. Dying is easy, young man. Living, living is, is harder. harder. There you go. That's what it's from. That's what was. That's in my why brain. I also knew it. There man, we go. I was thinking it was something way more insightful than freaking Hamilton. <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's funny. I'm proud of myself for remembering that. Though. I wonder if they're going to bring up governing later. Winning is easy, young man. Governing is harder. <laughs> this turns into just Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton, so he knows what to do when the trench and nude and fluid in French. I mean, so you're going to use them eventually. What's he going to do on the bench? I mean, no one has more resilience and much in my practical technical billions. You want to fight for your land back? Let me write him man back. That's all. <laughs> Sorry. Good, good show. Thank you. It's a good show. Anyways, uh, Taft is talking about that. He's talking about a little bit about the radiance, though he doesn't know much about them because, you know, he left too early. Yeah. Uh, Calden doesn't really know anything about them either. They're just kind of stories and legends, and Calden doesn't fully believe it. And yeah. he's not, he's just, he's not, not sure what to do, you know? And then someone shows up and ruins a good time. <sighs> so they finally decide to stop and they leave the barracks. Yep. And they spot Hashal. Oh, Hashal. Uh, and she comes to give them some amazing news. Oh, okay. And she comes and, well, Kaladin asks where Gaz is. Yeah. And she doesn't respond because they haven't seen Gaz for multiple days which is really suspicious yeah like I'm slightly concerned for Gaz but also slightly concerned for our fav- our favorite characters yes like what is Gaz planning or is Gaz dead maybe dead or is he like where, mm, what has happened to Gaz that's a theory that's a theory that I don't have an answer for no that's fair enough unfortunately <laughs> I still don't trust Gaz and I think he's up to something Go ahead. Sorry. My brain is, <laughs> I have, I don't know if I have bad time paying attention right now. I'm doing my very best, I promise. But my my attention span is- has ADHD been, is going off. Yes, I've been warned. Today, I've paid so much attention for so long. You guys won't even believe this. I sat and read this book for like two hours, Woo! which for me, un- uninterrupted doing anything for two hours is insane. And so all of my attention span has been burned. And now I'm just here. Having a great old time on our podcast. I am. No, I like doing I this. I know. I like the parts where we're talking not about the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, anyways, uh, Hashal starts to talk about this plan that her husband has made. But of course, I'm sure he she, doesn't talk. Yeah. yeah. And she says, I'll read this. She says, your men are so good at bridge runs that you are a model to the other crews. As such, you will be on bridge duty every day from now on. And scavenging duty, Kaladin says. Oh, there will still be time for that. You need to take torches down anyway, and plateau runs never happen at night, so your men will sleep during the day, always on call, and will work the chasms at night. A much better use of your time. Hmm. So basically, they don't they have to sleep during the day yep. until they're called on a bridge run. If they're called right. on a bridge run, they don't get any sleep because they have to go down to the chasms at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the whole point of this is to get them killed. Yeah, because when are they gonna train how to carry a bridge? They're not. I know because yeah. they don't. They want them. They, they don't want them. Kaladin is currently a celebrity soldier because he survived the storm. Yep. People are coming to see him. They're getting executed for going to see Kaladin. Yep. So Kaladin is uh is a it's a problem for them. Yep. And so they want him killed. Well, while he's practicing, he's surviving. Yep. So they need to do it, something to get rid of his ability to practice and maybe even his ability to like function properly. Yep. So they make him unendingly work hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're not. Mm, this is bad. So basically, Cowden 
and the others are kind of freaking out because this has just doubled their chances of dying. And the numbers are already waning at and bridge four. Yes. Like they're not it's bad. Um and so their plan is but Calden, of course, has a plan. Always. And so they're gonna go down the chasms at night or tonight or this evening, this afternoon. Yeah. Like they're always supposed to. And Kaladin's going to have the men practice the spear. Of course. While Kaladin goes off and does his own task. A gross, gruesome, terrible task. Yeah. Yeah. But he's going to go do it. And so now we we move forward a little while and they're in the the chasm. And uh, Teft is kind of leading the the bridgeman in the spear. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kaladin starts to head out. And he asks a sill to go find... uh, Parshman or Parshendi bodies, and yep. so that's what she goes to do. Lopin comes with him because well, Lopin goes on his own task. Oh yes, Lopin goes on his own task, but they do they do meet up later. Yeah. Um, but because Lopin can't do the spear very well, yeah, so he's off on his own task. He's only got the one arm. Yeah. In his but, defense. Yeah. They they head off. Um, and Teft asks about Chasm Fiends if he wants someone to come with Kaladin. Yeah. And Kaladin's like, well, no, because one other person's not going to help. Like, right. it's not a big deal. Right. I'll just go by myself. Yeah. And so he heads out. And he is kind of thankful to be alone, not going to lie. He, he's he got a lot he's thinking about, uh, thinking about all the things that are going on. And suddenly he in he feels this. He's holding a sphere in his hand for right, light. Right. And he feels it warm up. And then he inhales and gets the stormlight into him. And he's like, oh, I, I just do, do that. Yeah. And so he's kind of figure out how to do it. And he gets so much power, he tries to run on the wall and jumps onto the wall and then falls off of it. Like, he, he basically just drop kicked the wall. Yeah. And still laughs at him. Yeah. Which is hilarious to me. Um, But it's funny, and I, I thought it was funny. Yeah. And so now Syl, Syl is hanging out, leading uh, Kaladin to where he needs to go. And he does eventually get there, so they get to the Parshendi, the Parshendi corpses, and um, Kaladin starts doing this disgusting thing. He starts cutting off the armor that the Parshendi's body are made out of. Yeah. Which is literally disgusting. Yeah. And awful. And uh, that's yeah. how I feel about that. Um, not Not great. It kind of makes sense, though. Yeah. Because he wants to try and use their armor for armor. But mm-hmm. still, not the way to go about this. Yes. But I get it. He's get out it. of options. Um, But as he's doing this, Lopin comes back because uh, Syl's gone to get him. And Lopin comes back. And Lopin's like, wow, you really don't like them, do you? And Kaladin's like, well, well, Kaladin doesn't say anything. But Kaladin's like, did you find what I asked for? Um, And basically... Lopin was trying to get like a leather vest and like cap and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was he was doing his own kind of scavenging, his own thing. Um, and now Lopin's like, have you lost your wits? Like Lopin mm-hmm. thinks he's kind of low-key gone crazy, which is kind of funny. Um, but you know, he hasn't. Kaladin's Kaladin's got a plan. It's I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is. Well, I guess I kind of know, but he he's got his own plan. He he seems a little crazy right about now, but he's He's got a plan, and it'll be fine, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're doing this, and then they start to after they after Calden gets all the armor that he needs off and into the sack, they start to head out. Yeah. And uh, they're going back to the the short chasm, which there's a they've determined bridge four has determined that there's a there's a bridge a permanent bridge over this little shorter chasm that is easier for them to hit arrows with. Yep. And is more consistent and safer for them to do that. So uh, that's where they're headed. And they walk that way. And as they're walking that way, they suddenly hear a chasm fiend 
mm-hmm. which is not great. But it's okay because it leaves. Yeah. That's literally it, which I thought there would be more to it, and I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was expecting a fun fight, and then I got, they just, the chasm fiend didn't see them and left. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she actually, when we were reading, she <laughs> she genuinely was so upset that the chasm fiend walked away. And and- I was. <laughs> I wanted a fun chasm fiend fight, and I didn't get a fun chasm fiend fight. That's so funny, actually. Chasm fiend is a fun word. Isn't it? I really enjoy it. I think fiend isn't used enough. Fiend. Right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the chasm fiend leaves. And uh, they get back, they get to the chasm, the shorter chasm where they're trying to be. Yep. And Kaladin asks for uh, like fist sized rocks. And so Lopin begins looking around. I call those frocks. Frocks? Yes. Okay. Lopin, frocks are a different thing. Aren't frocks a thing? I don't know what a frock is. Hmm. And you know what, Sydney? You can keep going. Don't bother looking it up because I don't give two frocks. That was awful. And I hate you for that. <laughs> That, it was I, pretty good. Uh, hey, listener, if you ha- are wondering where I've been in the last 10 minutes, I got distracted again. I, was, I watched. I was it. tracking the back of the book to see where we were compared to the end of the book. <laughs> and so I'm back now. So my, my comments will be more frequent. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Lopin and Kaladin are looking for fist-sized rocks. Frocks. Yep. And when they finally find enough, Kaladin takes uh, spheres into his hand. And he thinks about what Tef said earlier. So he thinks life before death, strength before weakness. Journey before destination. And inhales (gasps) and inhales all the stormlight into him and holds his breath. And then takes the rocks and sticks one to the wall as a hold and then sticks another to the wall. And he starts like rock climbing up the wall. Making his own handholds as he goes. Yes. Um, And he's holding his breath because he doesn't want the stormlight to leave. Yep. And he holds his breath for a whole like quarter hour, which is very impressive. For us, that's like 15 minutes. Can you hold your breath for 15 minutes? With stormlight, I can hold my breath for 15 minutes. But we don't have Stormlight in this world. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Sorry, I about started singing. Up and <laughs> I just started. I, Cindy was, saw my mouth open to sing. And then I, was, and then I bailed because I realized that the song is unrelated to anything. I just had a song in my head. My guys, I ADHD is acting up bad tonight. I'm so sorry. I am unhelpful. Yeah, it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. It's okay. That's all that matters. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyways, he starts uh, climbing up the, the, the wall. And as he's going, the rocks are falling underneath him because yeah. they're running out of stormlight and they're dropping. Oh, no. So how's he going to get back down? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's my problem noise. <laughs> I make that noise when there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, he finally gets himself to the top and uh, starts. Uh, he's got like a like rope and stuff that he's he's gone up there with, and he starts tying the bag with the shields and everything in it mm-hmm. to the bottom of the bridge. Yeah. He finally gets that all tied up. Uh, tells Lopin to pull from the bottom the rope tight so it gets tied correctly. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at Syl and he's like, well, now what do I do? If I leave the rope here, climb down the rope, someone might see it. And Syl's like, so cut it free. And he says, while dangling from it, you'll be fine. That's a 40 foot drop. I'd break bones at the very least. And then Syl says, no, I feel right about this, Kaladin. You'll be fine. Trust me. Trust you. Syl, you've said yourself that your memory is fractured. You insulted me the other week. I think you owe me an apology. I'm supposed to apologize for cutting a rope and dropping 40 feet? No, you apologize by trusting me. I told you. I feel right about this. And so Cowden does trust her and cuts off the uh, 
the the rope Bobby and dangles from it and begins to fall and he's freaking out for a moment and then all of a sudden he feels good yep and he lands on the ground perfectly fine on both feet superhero landing his the rest of the stormlight goes out of him when he lands his feet his legs hurt a little bit as if he jumped like maybe four or five feet yeah but not, not 40. from 40 yeah uh and lopen's staring at him like what just happened <laughs> yeah lopen is shocked and he's like that's really incredible and Silk lands next to him and goes, I told you. Told you so. I told oh, you. Love Sil. Kaladin, I told you. In the love shack is a little place where we can get together. Love shack, baby. What did that have to do with anything? We, I, the way I said told you sounded a lot like it. <laughs> told you so. Anyways, uh, Kaladin asks Lopin if uh, he thinks that he can get the bundle of armor on their next bridge run. And Lopin's like, yeah, I can totally do that. And so, yeah, that's that's the end of end of the chapter. What is Kaladin going to do with the armor? He's somehow going to make them wear it. Make who wear it? Well, the bridgemen are going to wear it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they're going to get away with that. Then why'd they tie a bunch of stuff to it? What do you mean? He tied a bunch of the, the body that he cut up. Oh, to the, the bones, right? Yeah, why do you do that? Um, maybe he thinks that he can like. Hmm, I wonder if he thinks he can like make the armor like fly out and protect them with his stormlight. Make like a fake boy, or that? Yeah, he knows. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Interesting. That would make sense to me. Interesting. Yeah. Moving on. Hmm. Next chapter, chapter sixty. That which we cannot have. The little book bit. Nope, sorry. The little death rattle says, The, the death, death is, is my life. life. The, the strength becomes my weakness. weakness. The, the journey, journey has ended. ended. Dated Betabanes, 1173. 95 seconds pre-death. Pre Subject, a scholar of some minor renown. Sample collected secondhand. Consider, Consider questionable. questionable. If you didn't notice, because Sydney didn't notice at first, this these three things is life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination became the death is my life, the strength is my weakness, the journey has ended. Yeah. So it's... It's a it's a play on the the radiant slang terms. It sure is. It opens with Adolin trying to convince Dalinar to not abdicate, and Dalinar's like, "You've convinced me." Not bothering to tell him he's already decided a while ago that he wasn't going to abdicate. Yeah, not not great. But Adolin is very proud of himself, and that's all that matters. <laughs> there you go. Good job, Adolin. Yep. You did it. Not really, but you did it. Yep. And they go and they meet with Navani. Who, because uh, there's apparently a storm coming, said his storm wardens. So they go and meet with Navani, who has worked worked on a new Fabriel that takes away pain, but still gives you feeling. So like yeah. she, she shows it off by clipping it onto Adolin's hand, who had it pulled a muscle and his hand felt better, but he still feels stuff with touching it. Yeah. Pretty interesting. It's an interesting idea. It is an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, and then, honestly, there's not a huge amount of that happens before he goes into his vision, is there? Um, not really. They just talk about the fact that City or Adolin still doesn't trust Sidious. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Yeah. That's, that's really they talk about Elicar briefly. Um Oh, and they talk about but, the idea of like creating other Fabrials like Shard Plate or Blades. And Navani basically says that's not possible. Yeah. And then uh Dalinar goes right into his vision. He's in the middle or Navani's in the middle of a sentence and yeah. then all of a sudden she's gone. Well, it's not rude. It's not his fault. Oh, I know. It's just funny. I, I have seizures and I hope no one ever is talking to me when one happens because imagine how rude it would look if my eyes just glazed over with the middle of them saying something <laughs> and then I come back and I'm like, sorry, what's your name? That would be pretty, <laughs> that would be pretty rude of me. Do our me. listeners know this? Oh, 
You're right. <laughs> I might not have said this before. This was just genuine to Sydney. I have seizures sometimes where I go like somewhere else and then I come back. I don't shake necessarily. And then when I come back, I forgot all my friends' names. It's happened a couple times. Yeah. So I was thinking about, oh, I've been thinking about how, how like, not even scary, but just rude it would seem if someone was talking to me and one happened. And then like, Basically, it looks like Colton zoned out. And then when he came back, he was just like, I just realized I didn't know your name. What's your name? <laughs> when in reality, my brain just broke for a little bit. Yeah. Because Especially if it's someone you don't know. If it's like one of us, like yeah. one of your friends. Yeah. They, they we, would, we would know. I, I think I would recognize what has happened. Especially if you ask, what's your name? Because I, I know. I've seen yes. you do that. But if it's someone you don't know and yes. doesn't know this about you, they'd probably be like, how the rude? heck? Yeah. I was just talking to you. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, it also, it would be pretty... Oh man! Oh man! Um, because yeah, as you can tell from this episode, listener, me randomly forgetting someone, like zoning out and then realizing I forgot their name, would not be weird for Colton to do. <laughs> I I am like this sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, the vision is of he is a guy who has one arm, <laughs> and he is um. Though to him, he doesn't know he has yeah. Dalinar can later. see two arms, but he has his, yeah. the guy he is only has one arm, and he's talking to a king. And a king is basically like, I don't know what to do. What's the correct thing to do? Yep. He's like a young king. And Downer very quickly seems to realize this is the author of The Way of Kings. Yeah. That he's talking it's Brandon to. Sanderson. Woo! <laughs> Can you imagine if Brandon Sanderson wrote himself? It's a self-insert this? character. Actually, you know what would be so funny? Hoyt is Brandon. I mean, yeah. But no, what would be really funny to me is if Brandon Sanderson in this book made the name of the char- like the main, like the or the king who wrote The Way of Kings. Brandon. Like something that was related to his own name. Right. Like that would be really funny to me. Maybe like an acronym. Yes. What acronym sounds called? No. What is it called when the words are, the letters are scrambled? Um, I don't, I know what you're talking about, but I don't Anyway, this is Noah Don, which is actually not his real name. It's a title that was given to him years after he, has, he had been dead by the church. You know what I would have done if I was Brandon Sanderson? What? I would have just made my first or last name backwards. And been that guy's name. Sanderson. Nazarian. I feel like that just would have been fun. Um, It would have been cool. Sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, Mr. Mr. Noadon is talking about it's directly after a, a desolation, he says. And like nearly, he said, like nine out of ten people in my kingdom are dead. And Dalinar looks outside and it's just as far as he can see corpses. Yeah. Bodies and bodies and giant stone rock creatures which we've seen at the beginning of the bo- this book if you don't remember mm-hmm. um and just bodies and apparently this is the end of a desolation which is we don't know really yet yeah um and also we learned that the people can read during this time men can read during this time yep. which is kind of interesting yep um good job for the men being able to read yep good job and he says what should i do and dalinar eagerly says you should write a book write a book and he's like that's stupid he literally says it's a stupid idea. Everyone <laughs> is dead. I do not imagine how my ruling people would react if they saw me writing a book after this terrible catastrophe. I need to be seen helping and Which be helpful. It's hilarious because he yeah. does write, in fact, write a book. Yes, but it's it's funny. He does not right now. Yeah. Um. And then basically they talk, and Nodon saying like, "Okay, I get it. We need to rebuild. I need to go start like start helping." And he walks off thoughtful, and Dalinar doesn't follow yeah. because. I mean, he does. He's smart. He doesn't want to go track yep. down. This guy said he doesn't really want to go. Yep. And then um, uh, Dalinar says he goes on to become one of the most influential writers Rojar has ever known. He's not talking to anyone, but he knows the voice or he assumes the voice who talks to him can hear him. Yes. And then he says, uh, I know you're there. What does he decide? 
did he did he unite them as he wanted and no one answered and um then dalinar says you are right about one thing at least noah don to be human is to want which want that which we cannot have and then he tur- then he wakes back up and when he wakes back up navani's like what was that you just said? Can we do a dramatic reading of yes. Navani and Dalinar's interaction? Yes, I we would haven't love done to. one yet. You're right. I would love to. Here it goes. Well, Dalinar said, that was meaningless. I learned nothing. Blast. I'm doing a poor job of... Dalinar? Navani said curtly, still scribbling with a reed at her paper. The last thing you said before the vision ended, what was it? Dalinar frowned. The last... Yes, Navani said urgent. The very last word you spoke... I was quoting the man I've been speaking with. To be human is to want that which we cannot have. Why? She ignored him, writing furiously. Once done, she slid off the high-legged chair, hurrying to his bookshelf. Do you have a copy of... Yes, I thought you might. These are Yasna's books, aren't they? Yes, Dalinar said. She wanted them cared for until she returned. Navani pulled a volume off the shelf. Corvana's Analectics. She set the volume on the writing desk and leafed through the pages. Dalinar joined her. Though, of course, he couldn't make sense of the page. What does it matter? Here, Navani said. She looked up at Dalinar. When you go into these visions of yours, you know that you speak. Gibberish. Yes, my sons have told me. Anak Malakaf del Makian Habinya, Navani said. Sound familiar? Dalinar shook his head, baffled. It sounds a lot like what father was saying, Renarin said, when he was in the vision. Not a lot like Renarin, Navani said, looking smug. It's exactly the same phrase. That is the last thing you said before coming out of your trance. I wrote down everything, as best as I could, that you babbled today. For what purpose? Dalinar asked. Because, Navani said, I thought it might be helpful. And it was. The same phrase is in the Analectics, almost exactly. What? Dalinar asked, incredulous. How? It's a line from a song, Navani said. A chant by the Van Riel, an order of artists who live on the slopes of the Silent Mount in Yakovet. Year after year, century after century, they sung these same words, songs they claim are written in the dawn chant by the heralds themselves. They have the words of those songs written in an ancient script, but the meanings have been lost. They're just sounds now. Some scholars believe that the script and the songs themselves may indeed be in the dawn chant. And I, Dalinar said, You just spoke a line from one of them, Navani said. Beyond that, if the phrase you just gave me is correct, you translated it. This could prove the Van Riel hypothesis. One sense isn't much, but it could give us the key to translating the entire script. It has been itching at me for a while, listening to these visions. I thought the things you were saying had too much order to be gibberish. She looked at Dalinar, smiling deeply. Dalinar, you might just have cracked one of the most perplexing and ancient mysteries of all time. Wait, Adolin said. What are you saying? What I'm saying, nephew, Navani said, looking directly at him, is that we have your proof. But... Adolin said. I mean, he could have heard that one phrase. And extrapolated an entire language from it? Navani said, holding up a sheet full of writings. This is not gibberish, but it's no language that people now speak. I suspect it is what it seems, the dawn chant. So unless you can think of another way your father learned to speak a dead language, Adolin, the visions are most certainly real. The room fell silent. Navani herself looked stunned by what she had said. She shook it off quickly. Now, Dalinar, she said. I want you to describe this vision as accurately as possible. I need the exact words you spoke if you can recall them. Every bit we gather will help my scholars sort through this. And that's the end of the chapter. Can I just say I'm very proud of my gibberish words? Yeah, you did a great job. (laughs) I just, 
decided to just roll with it and hope for the best that my words semi made sense. Yeah. I mean, they're gibberish words kind of, but absolutely they are, but it's still, <laughs> um, all right. What is this going to lead to? Um, well, now they know that the visions are real, of yep. course, which is really cool. I think they're going to get the rest of, or some of what Dalinar has said translated yeah. because I think that he's going to be able to go through and kind of explain what he talked about. And yeah. they're going to be able to use that to translate the words that he said. I mean, presumably he talks in the same way in every vision. So they yeah. might just send him in. Here's a hundred words. Memorize this list. Then when you go into the vision, just start reciting the list you've memorized. Yeah. And or sing this song. Yeah. Here's a song. That'd sing be fun. it. And then when you come out, we'll we'll just have translated the entire song. Yeah. That could be an interesting way that to do it. That could be an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Or yeah. It's it's interesting. Um yeah. I am hmm. Iron Man. Bomb bomb bomb. <laughs> that was silly. Was, I think yes. that I hope it made you laugh, listener. We love you. <laughs> Heart emoji. This is such a terrible episode, man. No. Oh, man. No. We hope you're enjoying it's the it. It's bad. It's the most wonderful time of the hey, year. Hey, when you're listening to this episode, it's almost my birthday. Woo. So please wish me happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. But you'll see this episode is the 13th. We, my birthday's well, on the 17th. Let me rephrase. We assume you listen on day one. If you're listening on day one, this episode comes out the 13th. So Merry Christmas. We're almost there. We'll make sure to say that next week, too. Yeah. Also, while we're talking about this, a little warning. We're going to be taking a week off. Like, not next week. The 20th, we'll have an episode. The 27th, will not. Yes. Be, be ready. Because that's right around Christmas time. And yeah, and, and New Year's. Yes. If you don't celebrate Christmas... um. Uh, or or yeah. Hanukkah or any yes. of the Elliot We just Kindler want holidays. you to have a happy holidays and we're just going to let the people who do celebrate the holidays and the Christmas time and whatever else you might celebrate around this time yeah. to just have a week to spend with their family. Because we want them to feel comfortable and also statistically it's the worst week for podcasts of the entire <laughs> year. So we don't want to bother making a hard-earned episode to get six downloads because it's Christmas. So, <laughs> you know, you got to expect that. And if you don't, I'll punch you in the face and you got to respect the punch. Oh, my gosh. I am. You better respect me. <laughs> wow. I am like <laughs> brutal. Absolutely brutal. All right. I, I, You know, Sydney, I think it's time. Rank the characters. Woo! OK, here we go. Sydney, who did we see this week? So this week we saw Adolin, Donlon, Jakamov, Inkima, Toral, Ashava, Sadius, Dalinar, Elokar, and Rezi. Teft, Kaladin, Sil, Rock, Lopin, Hashal, and Noadin, Nohadon. Noadon. Noadon. Navani and Renarin. So the ranking for this week is number one, Kaladin, followed by Dalinar. We love Kaladin. Followed by Dalinar and Navani. They were, but uh, Navani was very helpful, very kind. Dalinar yeah, is cool guy. better. Yep. Then Sil, because she was funny. Then Teft, because he's helpful. And then Lopin, because he's Lopin. Gancho. Uh, then Adolin, because he did the fight. He was pretty neat. A little bit complainy. It's okay. But he did stand up for his dad. Yes. And then, recognize that his dad is kind of right. Then Renarin, because Renarin's just a cutie. Then Rock, because he didn't do much. Then Noah Dong, because he seems like a cool guy. He's a cool history yep. man. Then Elikar and Sadius, because we don't dislike them, but they're not our favorite. Yeah. Uh, we still have hard feelings towards them. Then people we don't care about is Donlon, Jakimov, Inkama, Toral, Eshev, Eshava, and Rezi, followed by the Wish You Were Dead, which is Hashal, because we hate her. 
We do very strongly hate Shaw. What was last week's top five and bottom five like, Cindy? All right. Last week's top five was Kaladin, Dalinar, Hoy, Teft, and Rock. This and- week's top five is Kaladin, Dalinar, Hoy, Teft, and Adolin. If you notice, nothing changed except we swapped uh, Rock and for out for Adolin because Rock hasn't done much in a while. I miss I miss Rock being a big part of this. Yeah, but Rock. Taft is kind of taking his 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 place he as like kind of has, the most important bridge, which is so crazy. Not yeah, what I expected. Makes sense. All right, and then our bottom five from last week was Sadius, Gas, Hashal, Capsule, and Amaram. And our bottom five from this week is Sadius, Gas, Capsule, Amaram, Hashal. You might notice that the only thing that changed is that Hashal has been moved to the bottom. Everyone else stayed exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, not much to change. We didn't really see that many much in the way of characters. Yeah, nothing really changed too much. So yeah. pretty simple. Absolutely, it was yeah. a good week. Do you want to say who our top is overall and our bottom is overall? Ooh, that might be something we can say. Uh, I think this week, not this week, overall, our top is still Kaladin with seventy three points. He's kicking butt, which is nearly double the next, which I think is Silfrena. Yeah, it's nearly double second place, which is Sil with 40 points. Crazy. Our worst character, uh, not for lack of trying, though, is Gaz with negative 57 points. Even though he's disappeared. So yes, he's he might slowly, eventually get his way off of this list. He's slowly getting caught up to by a bunch of other characters. Very slowly. Remember when he was our, our least favorite character every week? Yeah, I remember Crazy. that. It was a good time. All right, you guys. We're tired and we have things we're going to do. So, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fantasy Book Club. Uh, we also would like to say thank you to Alessia, Alessia for making our intro and outro music. That is A L E Z E I A on Spotify. And next week, make sure you read chapters 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, and 66. So, that's 61 through 66. Make sure you have those read or. Uh, Sydney will send your way a chasm fiend and she will get the kills she was hoping for. I didn't say I was hoping for anyone to die. She'll get the kills she was hoping for. I was for. not hoping for anyone to die. I would have been sad if someone had died. I was just hoping for Calvin to do some cool sick move with his new powers. I mean, he did drop kick a chasm Shoot, wall. shoot the stinking chasm fiend out of the chasm or something crazy. He did drop kick a wall. That That's was pretty cool. That's not the same. Thank you all so much for listening. My name is Colin Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.